welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. We are at episode 36, the Big 36. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire. Man, it's a good thing we had that little decompression, like, unwind from work before we started laying this down in pre-production. Because, man, we both showed up at the studio at the same time, and we, we had that look of, why the hell did we not take today off after coming back from a dope weekend at Buffalo? Yeah, and what, Boomer, what Puma is saying is, I almost called you Booma. Booma. The Booma. Booma. The Booma. <laughs> but instead, you're just, the Puma. The Puma. No, the Puma, what he's saying is, uh, we both got out of work like two hours late. Yep. Right? And we both walked into the Pro Football Radio Amphitheater about an hour ago, right? And we just sat there and just decompressed because it was that kind of day. Yep. It was Whiskey. that kind of day. Now, Whiskey. my intro misleading me because I had a great intro, but it, it, I did not have a good day at work. Well, we, we both looked like, why, why did we not just throw ourselves over the falls? Seriously, why we did not? Well, we'll get all into that. You know, we, uh, we had a great uh, weekend up in uh, Buffalo. We went to a Bills game. Yeah. Hung out Bills Mafia, so we'll talk about that. But before we get to that, how are you good, sir? How did things shake out for you last week? How was Halloween? Give me the rundown. You know what? Halloween was, I mean, it was great for me because I'm a sweet tooth. And, like, I, I had candy duty this year. Yeah. So I went out. I was like, all right. I know there's only one family in the neighborhood. Yeah. So I'm getting the candy that I like. What's the candy you like, bro? Dude, I love sweet tarts. You give me, you give me sweet tarts. Hold the fuck up, sweet tarts. I just asked you which candy you liked, and you came back with, "I like sweet tarts." Dude, love sweet tarts, love them. Like sweet tarts. You're a fucking psychopath. Sweet tarts, nerd. No, our psychopath was the Uber driver. Sweet tarts, nerds, gobstoppers, crunch. Have you heard of Snickers or Hershey's or Reese's? Butterfinger, love me some Butterfinger. I think Butterfinger. Oh my god! And then you go with Butterfinger. As you're Butterfinger oh is god. ahead of Sweet Tarts. I'm, I'm not getting mad. I'm not getting mad. I'm not getting mad. Laffy just, Taffy. Just calm, down. just calm down. Yep. Laffy Taffy. Yeah. 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 So like one family came by and it's like, all right, you get two, and you get two, and you get two, and you get two, and this whole fucking bag is gonna be mine because there's only one family in this neighborhood and nobody else came. From like six o'clock till eight thirty, when Halloween stopped over here. But can we also talk about how there's like a bunch of towns that were soft and were like, oh, we need to cancel because of the rain and the wind. Like it's essentially, you know, the day of like horror movies and like the day of death. They, you know, the day de la muerte, like all that nonsense that happens over the weekend too. And we're worried about wind and and rain. And the possibility of power lines coming down. Like, doesn't that add to the flair no, of, listen, like, you know, listen. it's Halloween. Yeah, you might die from Jason. Like you might that. die from razor blades and an apple. You might die from a power line coming down. Listen, I don't want to sound like a 95-year-old, like, old guy that's like, oh, back in my day, we went out rain or shine for trick-or-treating. But these it's kids are soft truth. as fuck nowadays, bro. These kids are soft. Jesus Christ. Soft. No, but I, listen, man, I, I totally forgot that it was Halloween. And in my building, right, the last two years, I've lived in a spot where um, children are not walking around and trick-or-treating, right? I live in the fucking boonies up in the mountain. Nobody's getting up there, right? Now, this year, I, I moved into a new apartment complex where there's, like, fucking kids running around everywhere, right? And on Halloween, I totally forgot that it was Halloween, so I started getting people knocking on my door. And, you know, I, I felt bad. Like, the guilt got to me after a while. After, like, third knock, I was like, all right, shit, let me go fucking open this door. Like, I feel like an asshole, you know? And these kids were, you know, trick-or-treating, and obviously I didn't have any candy, right? So what did I do? I pass out bananas. 
oatmeal, <laughs> a veggie bean burrito. <laughs> I had a couple singles in there. I passed out a couple singles, you know. You didn't want to part ways with a bag for the bag lady or no? No, 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 no. <laughs> You're you know? about to go into that stash. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and I just totally forgot, man. It kind of just crossed. I didn't cross my mind, you know. I just uh, it, it wasn't until what? Now correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Did a kid say you could Venmo him cash? Yeah. So like, uh, the, like I had like three, four dollars, right? And uh, the last like, uh, well, I think it was like five dollars, whatever it was, in single dollar bills. And I, and there was like six kids that came in a group, right? And I gave them all a dollar because that's the last thing I had. I don't want to give out any more fucking veggie bean burritos, you know? <laughs> I, I was like, I'm gonna run out of food here, you know? <laughs> And uh, this kid, uh, so I gave out five single dollar bills to this group of six. And the last kid was like, well, where's my money? And I'm like, listen, man, I'm sorry, bro. Just shift. Fucking split it up, man. It's fucking five dollars. Give him like 90 cents. You know what I'm saying? Like 10 cents. Cents. Whatever the fucking split ratio is, do some fucking math, all right? And the guy, I shit you out. The kid, seriously. First of all, I love his hustle. Like, I want to hire him at Clay Lacey, right? But he was like, yeah, well, I take Venmo. You can do that. And I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. Wow. The kid was like, I take Venmo. I just turned around and closed the door. That like, sounds like a kid that would qualify as Jay Chima certified pre-owned child. Yeah, dude, I'm not going to lie to you. I was impressed by a little kid. I mean, yeah. he had a hustle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, he was thinking outside the box, trying to solve the problem. I'm like, you know what, bro? I see where you're coming from. Yep. I do this shit every day. I like your style. Come work for me. Let me adopt you. <laughs> certified pre-owned. Can I check the car facts? No, but Baby you know, facts. No, but you know what? I would. He was kind of an ugly kid, you know? Oh, uh, okay. He was, an, he was an uggo. Wow. That fell the baby facts. <laughs> I can't even say that. I don't even oh, mean that. Boy, I didn't this, mean that. I just said it to see This building is about to burn down. Because you said, like, how old was the kid? Like, yeah, oh, like 12, right? You know. got a Venmo, right? So, like, 12? Yeah. I mean, you had an eyeball I mean, well, kids nowadays have six out fucking phones, man. So, yeah, I don't true. know, man. So, like, yeah, that's, that's who the true. fuck knows anymore, man? Yeah, fat, man. Valid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, no, that was that was my experience, man. I, after that, I just went to the door. I just, uh, whatever. Fuck it. I'm moving in a month anyways. Fuck these kids. A bean burrito. A veggie bean Veggie burrito. bean burrito. Yeah, man. Damn. I uh, got it from Trader Joe's. That shit was pretty good. Oh, that's a high-end bean burrito. I'm just saying. It's like high-end, but not like overly in your face. Like, oh my God. Yeah. I got this it's bean. not like Whole Foods. I got this like, bean I wasn't, burrito from yeah, Whole Foods. Yeah, I wasn't like, you know, like way too much about it. You know, I didn't go to Whole Foods and get my burrito. Oh my God. This is the impossible burrito. It's like in the middle. Like, obviously you go to like Walmart for like trash frozen bean burritos, right? Trader Joe's in the middle. I like it. Yeah. Love it. Love Trader Joe's. Got my little shit from there, like Warren would say. <laughs> Get my little shit. Um, oh, Warren. But no, man. Uh, as always, what we'll do is we'll get into three storylines from uh, the last week in uh, the NFL, which is week nine, correct? Yeah. Yep. And then we will pick the marquee games of week 10. And I think one of the storylines that both myself and DePuma have for week nine is our little endeavor to Buffalo, New York. That's a fact. A.K.A. the Wild West. Yes, sir. AKA the second you get past, uh, was it Newburgh? It's fucking Hicktown, USA. <laughs> And, it's true. And we had a great time. We had a great time. We took in the uh, Buffalo Bills versus the Washington Redskins game. The game itself wasn't close or in contention at all, but we were there more for the ambiance and the experience of Bills Mafia. And I'm not going to lie to you, they lived up. Oh, yes, they did. I saw people go through a table. Two tables. Two Dolphin table. dive through a table. Yes. And before I even got to Bills Mafia and where all the tailgating was, I saw a man in a what I can only say uh, was one of the craziest looks I've ever seen. Um, full-on hair, makeup. Um, leather jacket with Bill's, uh, you know, gearing all over it. And then for his bottoms, he had underwear on. That was Bill's underwears. Yep. 
That's Dude, it. they don't play. And I know I was telling you this a few times at the tailgate, but for, for anyone else that's been to a Patriot game before it became Gillette Stadium and Patriot Place, it is what Foxborough Stadium used to be. An open-air stadium in the middle of, like, nowhere residential area. And it was just, like, motel, like a hotel here, a motel there, tailgate for miles, and just, like, random, you know, convenience stores. That That's what Foxborough used to be. So as soon as we walked up and we met up with, you know, one of my old colleagues for my first job, Lindsay and uh, her husband Alex and uh, the, his grandparents, and we tailgated with them – I, I was just blown away at, you know, you said it was a college game day kind of experience. Yeah, man, I went to Ohio State, and I had that same exact feeling at Ohio State for a big game that I did up in Mills Mafia land. Like, it was absolutely insane. Everybody was just partying like no other. People were fucking going through tables. Uh, we had Pinto Ron out there, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, there's just an insane environment up there. And listen, we're not Bills fans. I'm not a Bills fan, but it's always great to take in the ambiance of a big sporting event like that, and it paid off. I mean, uh, before we went before we went up there, we said, you know, Bill's Mafia was number one in our books for fan base. They won. With the Raiders and the Seahawks uh, second and third, but we were validated in that in that uh, assumption, right? Not even that. Dude, we, went, we went into, what was it, like a 7-Eleven? Like as soon as the crazy Uber oh, yeah, driver yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. dropped us off, we went to a 7-Eleven. Before got- we get to that, but like every single person I met in Western New York was batshit crazy. Short of the, the, the Billy Club. Short well, of going yeah, to Billy well, Club, yeah. well, everything Dan, outside well, of that was well, crazy. Dan from the Billy Club was normal just because he's not from Western New York. But the second you get past Newburgh, it's fucking Hicktown. <laughs> you don't see people. Now, I listen, I heard a stat. Now, I don't know if the stat is accurate or not because it came from our crazy Uber driver. But he said once you get north of like White Plains and Greenwich and all the metropolitan area, um, I say he said past Poughkeepsie, right? Yeah, he pretty said much once, once you, you get past Newburgh. Yeah, once you get past Newburgh and Poughkeepsie, um, essentially there's only 7 million people in the state, and the city of New York has 8 million people in it. Yeah. That tells you everything you need to know about just how fucking... Just keep in mind, the source also said that New Jersey had great expressways. Oh, my God. So... The guy wouldn't, the guy wouldn't stop, stop talking. Yeah. Oh, my God. Sometimes less is more. But real quick, just back to the, the fan base. We walked in. I got some brews. You got some drinks too. Got you I know, got my iced tea. Got, got your little iced tea. Got your little you bye bye bye. Got that. And I'm thinking like, can we drink like out here like open container? And then next thing you know, we're at a crosswalk, and here's this guy that just cracks open a cold one, and it's just talking to the sheriff. It's like this is this is it. And the That's sheriff the didn't give a shit. Nobody West. cared. Nobody it was cares. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, great fan, a great experience. The stadium itself was super fucking I mean, old. It's forty-seven years old. The, I mean, the, the journals are seventy-six or seventy-three. Uh, seventy. Four, well, it's forty-three. Seventy-six. Yeah, I couldn't pee in that pig trough, by the way. And you know, I, I was about to, you know, about to fucking pee my pants. Like, yeah. you know, I, I banged out a couple of Labatt blues here. You know, yeah. we gotta, we gotta, we gotta go. Well, for me, it was stage fright because, like, I, I'm used to like having like the what you call it. What are those things? Uh, those dividers between urinals. Yeah, a divider. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't have that, and like, I felt as if somebody was peeking at my hog. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I mean, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be. I mean, I should be proud of it, but I just, I had stage fright. I was like, I can't go. I was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> wow. All right, what else? <laughs> Beyond that, it was actually a decent game. And you know what? I'll say this, like comparing it to, to baseball fans, like, you know, the you know, the fan bases of you know, no shots against anyone else that's a you know fan of other major league baseball teams, but like the fan bases of like the St. Louis Cardinals and like the Chicago Cubs and you know, certain aspects of like Red Sox fans 
Like, they're all smart fans. Like, they understand the game. They understand the nuances of the <laughs> Nobody game. Nobody in Buffalo understands anything. <laughs> um, not in, in row 37, 38, like, there were some smart people behind us, yeah. short of, like, the crazy chick. But, oh, like, that even, chick was crazy. But even she was, like, bringing up valid points. Like, the, the people down there, like, they know they yeah. know their football. They know what they're looking at because, yeah. really, that's all that's there in Buffalo, short of the, the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. So they're 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 a smart fan base too. Batshit crazy. Batshit crazy. But smart Dude, as hell. She was batshit crazy. Like she knew her shit though. You know what I'm saying? Man, you're ready to propose before we left the game. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, now we plead in the fifth. Yo, uh, how about that chick and that dude that were making out in front of us? Yeah, and they were about it, to make a baby. It was in, like it's section it was 317, 20, row 25. It was 24 degrees out, and these dudes, these fucking this couple was going at it. I was like, oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, should I get my fucking phone out? Yeah. They're about Can to make I a sell baby. this to Pornhub.com? And 317. Road, Proud sponsor of the podcast. Road 25. Yeah, I don't know about that part. But, yeah. When he, when he first pointed out, I was like, yeah, it can't be. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe he's right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But overall, it was, it was, you know, back to actual football real quick. It was a decent game. It was a good yeah, game. We weren't there for that game. Um, we always knew it was going to be a fucking blowout. Adrian Peterson looked like the AP of old. Yeah. I think he had like 112 yards. Yeah. Decent game. Not bad. Yeah. I am concerned about the Bills and the fact that they can't seem to put away bad teams. Um, I have, I believe a good team in the NFL is a good team every single day, right? Um, there's none of this bullshit how the Browns are going to turn it on and off. And there's no bullshit of letting, like, you know, um, share teams hang in there. Because if you let them hang in there, they'll beat you, you know? And I am concerned that I, didn't, I expected more from the Bills is the best way to put it. I expected the Bills to kind of walk all over the Redskins with a rookie quarterback. Um, and I believe the reason why the Redskins were able to stay in it was because of Adrian Peterson's stellar play. But I felt like that game should have been over a long time ago. Like, it shouldn't have dragged off till third quarter is when they pulled away. Um, same thing with the Cowboys last night. They let a bad team hang in for a while. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. the teams like that kind of concern me that can't put the, the, the pedal to the metal and kind of just, like, squash bad teams. Right. And this was really, like, Devin Singletary's first, like, I guess you could say air quote coming out party because he's been, he was banged up with a hamstring issue, you know, a couple of weeks prior to this. And last week, you know, it was one of his first games back. And this week he, I think he touched the ball like 20, 25 times. And if he didn't hit the hundred yard mark, he got close. And I think he found the end zone twice. So, you know, it's something good for Devin Singletary to build up on. And I still, I still got faith in this team. The defense needs to shore up. They, they got scorched on the ground. And I think, you know, they're playing Cleveland next week in Cleveland, and they need to show up that run defense, especially with Nick Chubb. And, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt is, in theory, he's active on the roster. He's able to to report back to the team. Who knows how long he's going to need to get back to practice and, you know, get back into game shape. But, yeah, I, yeah. I still like put him in the playoffs. Sure, I get that. I get that. But, yeah, that was storyline one from our endeavors up into Buffalo. Good time, right? Oh, it was an awesome oh, time. Well, i definitely go back. Definitely, yeah, you we'll know, Lind to. Lindsay and Alex are going to try to figure out a, a schedule next year, and then we're going to try to take this on the road in another game. What were we talking about, Philly? We're Philly, maybe. To to Philly Philly's a good year. town. I I'm sure there's a great environment down there. But uh, I also want to thank Lindsay and Alex as well for the hospitality. Yeah. It was awesome, you know? Good time. Thank you for showing us uh, everything we need to know about uh, Bill's Mafia. Yes, sir. All right, storyline two for me, the Patriots update has I do every single week. Um, the Patriots, as I predicted, lost to the Baltimore Ravens, right? No surprise there. I thought it was going to be closer, though. Yes. Vegas thought yes, it was going to be closer, yes, too. Yes, yes. Uh, the Patriots lost 37-20 uh, to the Ravens. And the first thing I want to say is relax, Patriots Nation. It's one that dude, loss. Facebook was just 
It's one loss, Patriots Nation. Chill out, all right? Um, the sun did come up the next day, okay? <laughs> the sun will rise tomorrow. Now, let's be real. By all accounts, the defense had a not-so-good day, right? Um, Lamar Jackson had an MV- MVP type of game. Three total touchdowns, right? This was like the Heisman moment for the for the MVP, a national stage against the Patriots. You know what I'm saying? That's like LSU beating Alabama with Joe Burrs going off. So it's kind of like that, right? He had his high, he had his MVP moment. Now, I did feel the defense um was gonna get punched in the mouth um just because of the running attack that the Ravens had and how physical they are running the ball. Um and they did. They did get punched in the mouth in the first two drives, right? They were down like 14 immediately, right? But I was impressed they hung in there um, for the second and third quarters and were able to neutralize Lamar. You know what I'm saying? You can see the ebb and flow of the game. You can totally see how Ravens came out hot, defense adjusted, right? Um, And then they were playing good defense until they unraveled in the third quarter when the fumble happened. When the Julian Edelman fumble happened, it was a wrap, right? Um, But I was really, really impressed at how they adjusted on the fly. Now, I think the next time we play Lamar the defense will be able to stop him because run defense can be fixed um, because, you know, defenders play, uh, you know, gap sound, not lose leverage, small things here and there. Run defense can be fixed easily. Pass defense is where it's more of a talent issue. And if you have bad pass defense, there's a good chance you can't fix that without better talent. So I do believe if we see him in the playoffs in Foxborough, there's no fucking religion Lamar Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Patriots offense. It did start to click a little bit. I I did see shades of the old Patriots offense for a little bit, Uh and I was super excited about that. They were giving Brady time. Brady was getting in sync with Sanu, um, moving the ball at will for a while there. Um, And then we had that big Julian Edelman fumble. Julian Edelman fumbling the game, put the game away, right? Time the pick. Well, but the, the fumble well. was really the what, pick, what changed the game. The pick was more of a miscommunication and just working through how Brady and Sanu communicate. Brady expected him to break upwards instead of fucking kind of coming back down. So, I mean, if he did break upwards and how tall he was compared to the DB with Sanu being a taller receiver, he could have contested for the ball. So, a little bit of miscommunication there. Now, I walked away thinking we played a bad game for the most part, but we're still in until the fumble. Like, yeah, the score shows a 17-point win, but it felt much closer right. than that, right? Um, and like I said, I know if we play the Ravens again, just like I was truthful about the Ravens beating us this week, I will say right now, there's no fucking way Lamar Jackson is beating us in uh, in uh, Foxborough in the playoffs. No fucking way. You heard it here. You heard it here first. Yeah, no, like completely agree. Uh, I thought, it, you know, I was kind of in line with what Vegas thought. Uh, I thought it was going to be a closer game. Like, I think Vegas had it as a three-point spread. I thought it was going to be closer. Uh, I wasn't expecting what ended up happening with it what was it like a 17 point win yep um but definitely at times i mean we were watching it we were watching the game the first half at duff's bar speaking of which those fucking wings overrated yeah speak for yourself the wings were, over the wings fucking were rated but we're, we're watching it and i think it was the second it was the first patriot drive and i think either there was either a turnover or that it was like a three and out kind of deal and i remember saying to you Baltimore needs to score a touchdown. And you're like, it's it's early in the game. Like, you know, don't worry about it. But it was to the point where you have the momentum in your side. You need to capitalize on this moment because I think that drive stalled when they cap, when they got that three and out. And then the next thing you know, it was a muff punt yep. that they put on the ground. 
And I think, what was it, Mark Ingram? Mark Ingram fumbled. Fumbled, yeah. So that was the second turnover. And that game, like, Baltimore almost shot themselves in the foot on those two turnovers. Like, the momentum started going back to the New England side there. And for a while, there, I thought we were going to win the game. Yeah. When, when Brady was driving out of the third quarter before the Julian Edelman fumble, I thought we were going to win the game. Yep. I was like, fuck, here he comes. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Here comes the old Patriots. Here yep. comes the old Brady. On brand. You know Yep, and then the the fumble happened, and I, I said it last week too, that if the, the Baltimore Ravens were going to win this game, they were going to have to generate a turnover, and they're going to have to score on defense. And that was one of the deciding factors. And even when they scored on defense, the defense was still gassed, and yep. Tom Brady was still marching down the field. And I think they ended that drive with a field goal, and then the rest is history. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, and, it's, and, it's going to be interesting come playoff time because it's going to be in Foxborough. And that's my glimmer of hope, right? It's like we played such a bad game. We we did the one thing that we never do. We shot ourselves in the foot, right? Jumping off sides and the penalties and not playing with leverage and not being gap sound. The small things that we excel at, we did badly, but we were still there with a great team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know 17 points is a big stretch in, in but the, the win. But, like, the box score doesn't yeah, really show how close score, it is. For a while there, they were scared. For a while there, the Ravens were fucking scared because the old Patriots were flexing their muscles. And and, and I, I just wish we had just a little bit better offensive line. Like, it's coming. It's slowly yeah, Brady, coming. Brady was sacked, what, three times? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what's funny? I heard somebody say, well, Brady's looking bad. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Um, offense, offensive line couldn't protect him, and the run game wasn't there. And I'm like, well, that's every fucking quarterback. Like, if if you have no run game and the offensive line doesn't protect you, I don't care if you have Patrick Mahomes back there or fucking John Way part two. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, I do – and I'm seeing it slowly. In the past, they were able to correct their issues quicker. But I think with the lack of talent on the offensive line, it's taking a longer longer time. And especially, it's a fucking Rollinger wide receiver. It's like day in and day out. It's somebody new. You know what I'm right. saying? So I do see the small incremental increases uh, in, in the offense getting better, but it's it's I just wish it was happening quicker. Right, and you know I went on Facebook right after the game, and I don't I don't, I don't know why I subject myself to this, but why do you have Facebook? I, 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 I don't mind Facebook a long time ago. I don't ago. mind Facebook. It's just like the people that go on there like diatribes and then wonder why like people come back at them with smoke. But you know a couple of people were like, oh my god, like all the haters, all the haters got to be enjoying this, and it's like, dude, like it's not a no, it's it's been known that the defense is weak on the run game. The Browns exposed yeah, that, said, yeah. and then the 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 Ravens kicked the door open. Yeah. But the bye week couldn't have come at a better oh, time great because time, great you, get time. Isaiah, you get two weeks of fucking Belichick telling you how crap you are. Right, oh my god! Right, and I feel bad for the Eagles. And then you have like Isaiah Wynn. He he might be coming off of IR during the bye week, and then you get a couple other people back, and it's just another week where Muhammad Sanu can get more yeah. in tune with the offense. Nikhil like, will be back as like, well. Like you know, all the people that were trying to do like half-ass attempts at trolling. It's yeah. like, dude, like. Unless you haven't watched, like, the last two weeks, like, I don't want to hear you talking anything on Facebook. It's okay. The sky's not falling. You have a bye week. You're getting a crucial part of your offensive line back. Dude, it's fine. You're still going through murderer's row of the schedule, but at least you're going to be in better shape against the Philadelphia Eagles. Patriots fans, like, listen, I'm truthful when it comes to my team. Like, I'll be truthful with you. I did not expect us to win the championship last year. We we had this conversation. I did not see a championship-winning team. And I will say this right now. This offense will get better, and I feel bad for the Eagles. What's going to happen to the Eagles is going to be pretty, especially with Lane Johnson, his fucking crap. We don't forget that, right? With the fucking trash that he was talking after the Super Bowl. But I feel bad for the Eagles just because this offense didn't get healthy. Isaiah Wynn will be back probably. Nicole Harry will be back probably. Um, Sanu's going to be more in line with uh, with Brady and uh, the routes that he's running. I feel really bad for the Eagles. I do. Trust me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'll go out and say it right now. It might be a 14, uh, 17 point win. 
Okay. I will say it right I mean, now. I wouldn't be surprised. The secondary is still a gas can. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, my storyline. And I talk about my team. The oh. Miami Dolphins. Oh, boy. They won a game, but they lost at the same time. I thought you'd be happier. Time. Let's go, Dolphins. Fins up. I wanted them to lose, Jay. I know. It's pretty bad, dude. I wanted them to lose. I want the draft pick. I want the high draft pick. Because you can't leave things to chance in the draft. Mm-hmm. I'm not... I'm not Chris Greer. I'm not Brian Flores. Mm-hmm. But if I was the general manager of the Dolphins and I've been banging this drum for a long time, either you take somebody on defense. Like, Chase Young. Like Chase Young. Or Jeff Okuda. Or you build on the offensive line and then you wait until Trevor Lawrence comes out in the draft. Yep. You you, you, you go that route. Yep. But no. We decide to win. We decide to stick it to Adam Gase, which really wasn't that hard. I oh mean, Sam Darnold looked lost. I don't know what that that pass. It was like a free throw ghosts, to, the, to the pylon, which is, I, mean, I don't know how you can see ghosts against this defensive front. Granted, the defense has been the only positive spot of the Miami Dolphins. But I will say this. Like, throughout the, this could have been like an 0-9 stretch if they decided to lose. The Dolphins have been playing hard. From yeah. Brian Flores. Yeah. Since game one to now, there's been incremental growth. There's been growth among the offense. I mean, Preston Williams, before he went down with the season-ending ACL injury, he was showing development with Fitzpatrick and Rosen. Rosen and him had a great connection in the preseason. The offensive line, they're still weak, but like at least they're starting to come together. They're yeah. starting to gel a little bit. The, you, everybody has been playing hard for Flores. So yeah. at least they're buying into the fact that we're we're trying to rebuild through the draft. We're not trying to lose, but we're not exactly trying to win at the same time. Like, we'll come out hard in the first half, and the second half, whatever happens, happens kind of a deal. But at least they're, Brian Flores is having clout moving forward. And I think that's a big factor if you're going to be rebuilding through the draft and you're, you know, you come from New England, like you, you come from the hard ass coaching tree. It's kind of hard to be you know, demanding a lot from your players and there's not the instant rewards, the instant fruit of your labors. So, you know, you have to, you know, to borrow a phrase from the, the 76ers, you got to trust the process here. And it seems like the, the players that they have on the roster are doing that and they're putting themselves in position that Chris Greer and Brian Flores can see the fruits of their label. Because you, you can't do what Sashi Brown did in Cleveland and just do the, you know, the sabermetrics aspect and build through the draft and use statistics and all this. And you give all your draft picks, essentially, to John Dorsey. So, at least they're able to see some of the work so far with the clout they have in the locker room. And I like what I see, but I still wanted them to lose. I want that draft pick. Their their chances of getting the first overall pick went from, like, the low 70s to pretty much about a 50-50 shot now. Because they're tied with, I think the Redskins are ahead of them in the loss column because... Miami had a bye week, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And then the Jets are 1-7, and seven and, and the the Dolphins are right in that category. The only winless team left is the, the Cincinnati Bengals. And the last thing I want to see is Cincinnati at the top of the draft board. So I will say this. Uh, the Dolphins are a bad team. I think Colin Coward made this point. They're a bad team, but they're coached hard. Yeah. And they're playing hard for their coach, right? Yep. And that's something that you really see, right? And both those things can be true, where you're still bad. You're, you're pretty much at the bottom of the dumpster, right? But you're still fucking fighting it out day in day, and that builds character in a team, right? Yeah. Um, that's where your fucking character is forged in those losses. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, I I do feel your pain, man, and I hope that you guys do get the first overall pick. Um, now let's say that you you want um a defensive player, right? Defense or offensive line? Mm-hmm. If we get the top pick, if we pass on, you know, young, yeah. 
everybody needs to get a mental health evalu- yeah. evaluation in my well, well, if you have the second or third pick, he's not probably going to be there. You know That's fine. But, like, I don't I don't want an arm yeah. because it doesn't matter who you draft at quarterback. Okay. They're not going to succeed behind this offensive line. Yep. Unless you unless you plan on having them hold a clipboard, but then you're gonna have like the fan base and then like the national media turning the heat up. You're like, oh, the Miami Dolphins. They drafted Herbert. They drafted Tua. They drafted all this other guy. When are they gonna start? It's like, do, does anybody look at this team? Like a Pop Warner team has a better offensive line at times. Yep. All right, I get it. Uh, my final storyline from Week Nine. The Browns losing to the Broncos, 24-19. Woof, right? What the? (laughs) Where do I start? Brennan, where do I start? And let me start here. I want to start with all those experts that predicted the Browns would go on a run since the schedule is soft, right? How much softer can they get than the Broncos with Brandon Allen starting at quarterback? How much softer can they get? And they still couldn't win? And I think that whole philosophy of they're going to turn the switch on now is something that does not exist in the NFL. Either you're a good team or a bad team. There's no switching it on and off or playing to a, to a softer schedule. You're just a bad team. That's what, the Bron- that's what the Browns are right now. Now, a couple of reasons why they lost to Broncos. They couldn't convert the red zones, coming with field goals instead of touchdowns. Um, Baker simply not seeing the field as he should. OBJ was wide open on the last play. Um, we were both watching it together, and OBJ just absolutely shook. Who was that DB that he was on? Uh, Chris Harris. Right? Chris Harris, the he, top cornerback on that team. Oh, he made Chris Harris look like a fucking JV player. He shook him out of his shoes, got three steps, which is wide open in the NFL, and Bacon completely missed him and threw him into double, uh, threw into a double team, double team Jarvis Landry. Uh, I don't know how you fix the team. This team is bad. I just like reeling on the fucking Browns because I fucking find it hilarious. But Freddie Kitchens needs to be gone or demoted. And how about the whole Jermaine Whitehead, uh, Whitehead uh, thing after Dude, the Dude, he was uh, like game? ready to kill fans. He was ready to fist fight a well, beat I've, reporter. If you don't if you didn't get the rundown, Jermaine Whitehead after the game lost his mind on social media. I mean, he was saying people should die. He's going to come kill reporters. Uh, fans, uh, if you want to fight, come meet me at this place. I'll be there. And immediately Immediately for the Browns, I'll give the Browns credit here. They immediately made him pull it off his social media, whatever. Twitter it is. banned him. Yep. Twitter itself banned Whitehead mm-hmm. before anything he else came out. was saying the most vile shit I've ever heard come out of an athlete's mouth. Not racial I, epithets, threatening violence, threatening to kill some, threatening to kill a fan. And then when I think I try, I'm paraphrasing the tweet here. But a fan was like, oh, like you can't tackle or you can't do this or you, you know, you're essentially not going to do anything. Whitehead gave the address for the headquarters of the Cleveland Browns and said, show up here. I'll see you tomorrow. They had to do something. And I saw the stat earlier to get off of Whitehead real quick. It it, it blew my mind. I read this at work, and I I couldn't believe it. Uh, This was from NFL Research that Cleveland, the Baker Mayfield, the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, the lowest passer rating not under pressure so far through the 2019 season. Baker Mayfield has six touchdowns, 10 interceptions, a 75.1 passer rating. He's the only quarterback on this list with more intersection, interceptions and touchdowns when not pressured. Yeah. Not he's not pressured. He's not seeing the field the field well, man. He's regressing, you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's insane like it's insane. Like well, it's almost like regret like you know, we rail on Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. But like he's 
kind of falling. He's, he's stepping back more. He's only been he's leaked a year. Yeah. And then he's out there fucking blowing up on reporters. Get the fuck out no, of here. No, and then like That's in the span. part two, man. In, in the span of eight hours, he shows up in the stadium with the full beard. Shakes he takes <laughs> he takes the field with the half-assed Fu Manchu, and then at the press conference after they lose, he looks like one somebody just shot his dog, and he looks like one of the 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 bandits. I saw this on Twitter uh, uh, from I think it was Will Brinson. Everybody on the Pick Six podcast was railing on him. He looked like one of the guys from Home Alone, mm-hmm. like the sticky bandits with the porno mustache. Yep. Like, what the hell is going on? And not to mention the fact that. Your your team is essentially in a winner like win now. You have to win this game to stay yep. alive in yep. the AFC. Against North. the Broncos. And Odell and Jarvis care more about what cleats they're wearing. And then it's like the NFL has to come out and say, if you don't change your cleats, like you're gonna be banned from the game. And then the next day, or even right after the game, Odell was like, Oh, well, it doesn't seem like anyone else is targeted. So it just seems like they're picking on me. I'm paraphrasing here, so I, I probably botched that bit, but that's essentially what he was saying. And it's like, dude, this rule has been in place before you got in the league. It's been in here since you've been kicking football nets and then proposing to football nets. And it's going to be here after you leave. Like, stop. You're not, for once, you're not the major problem in Cleveland. Like, just don't don't bring any more attention to yourself. Like, you have to worry about trying to find wins on the field right here and live up to these monster expectations, which now you're not even going to meet anytime soon. I just I don't I don't know what the hell's happening in Cleveland. I don't know how Freddie Kitchen survives this, so far this year. Uh, we were talking about this on the road trip back. You know, you don't I, necessarily nuke the whole thing, but f- the coaching tree's got to change because yeah. Freddie Kitchen, like what Freddie Kitchens, is not bringing the best out of Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield's looking like one of the worst quarterbacks in that 2018 draft class. Yeah, what you do is you fire Freddie Kitchens, right? Um, you don't lose the team. You keep the team intact. You uh, draft well for the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you bring in a disciplinarian, a proven veteran coach, somebody like a Mike McCarthy, to give that organization some structure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that was my storyline. Yeah. My, uh, my last one is Seattle's great. They're going to make a run of the playoffs. But that defense is freaking brutal. What the fuck happened? That defense is bad. And I think that defense is going to be uh, a big issue for this team uh, moving forward, especially in a, in a tightly contested NFC. Like, everybody is close in that team. Everybody's close in that division, I should say. And even, like, the Cardinals, they're hanging around. They're in the hunt for a wild card spot, surprising enough. And it's just... Uh, I, you shouldn't be going into overtime against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, it, it, you know, you're facing the pick machine known as Jameis Winston. Uh, he leads the league so far in, in turnovers. Like, you should be able to generate pressure against this offensive line that's been lackluster at best. Jameis is a pick machine, like I said. And they just they couldn't get out of their own way. I couldn't believe it. We're watching the game. I had the Seahawks defense on my fantasy team, and I'm just seeing the the, the the lead go right down the tubes because the Seahawks defense could not get in their way. And I, I just they're the 25th overall defense out of 32 teams right yeah, now. It's in pretty the league. bad with their defense. Like yeah. you're facing the 49ers. You're, you're, you're facing the 49ers this week in prime time. You, you, it's 
it's insane. Like you need to, they need to figure their, their, their stuff out. This is not the Legion of Boom anymore. So I, they got to fix it real quick because Russell Wilson can't bail you out every time. He can't. He cannot. I don't know what you're saying, bro. Uh, okay, cool. Well, that wraps up our storylines from uh, week nine. Uh, let's move over into week 10. I'm like anxiously checking my phone right now because I know the college football um, playoff rankings are coming out any second now. This is the first playoff ranking, so I'm kind of super excited to see what's going to come out. Oh, snap. I'll, I'll keep you guys updated. Huh. Uh, okay, week 10 uh, games that we're going to pick. Uh, let's start with the Chargers versus the Raiders, man. The Raiders! The Chargers um, smoked the Packers 26-11 in a season-saving win. Um, this was that shocker of the day, right? Every single week, we always have a shocker uh, on, uh, on Sundays, and this was that... Um, that game. And you can feel this Chargers team is starting to put it together. Um, Russell Okun has stabilized the offensive line. You know, uh, Melvin Gordon is starting to run into shape. Uh, the defense with Ingram and Bosa is starting to look real good. So uh, it was a great performance by the Chargers, man. It was I was shocked that they made the Packers look that inept, right? Um, especially in front of, at a home game, in front of all those thousand Packers Air fans. quote, home game. Exactly, right? Um, now, the Chargers are definitely... a, a a, a, a team to keep an eye on at four and five. Like I mean, they can make a late push, a late push here. Another team to keep uh, an eye on is the Raiders themselves. Mm-hmm. They're four and four. They uh, beat the Lions 31-24 in a thriller of a matchup. Um, and the Raiders are interesting at four and four. Man, they're just so young, and I think maybe like they're a year away from being great. Um, but they have a lot of great young talent, and it showed on Sunday with the four touchdowns all scored by young talent, right? Two touchdowns by Josh Jacobs, one touchdown by Hunter Renfro, and one touchdown by the tie-in for uh, Forster uh, Moreau. Is that his last name? Yeah, vulture Darren Waller's touchdown. Right? bastard. Yeah, so all young town, man. I can see the horizon is you know it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a a great team in the future, right? And and truthfully, it's a reminder of the great job that Chucky and Mayak have done. And everybody was ready to bury John Gruden last year, right? Right. Um, they kind of came through that AB storm and kind of still have a semblance of a of a season here. Um, and on top of that, I think the most underlying factor of their great play is the fact that Derek Carr himself is playing really good right now. This is the best he's played since his magical 2016 run. Um, I think the Raiders are a real threat to the wild card, man, um, especially since they have a favorable schedule the next three weeks. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Raiders here, 23-20 on, t- mm-hmm. on Thursday Night Football. Yep, I'm going with the Raiders as well, too. I mean, real quick, uh, the, the the Charger pass rush with Ingram and, and Bosa, like you said, like they, they they had themselves a day. Like they, they pinned their ears back. Green Bay couldn't get the run going at all. Uh, they weren't really fooling anybody. They they held Aaron Rodgers, A.A. Ron, to, I mean, it was like the fourth quarter. And he only had like 67 yards. Yeah. So this 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 defensive line is starting to shore up a little bit. But they're going to have a, a, a real test on their hands against the Raiders. Surprising enough, the Oakland Raiders are second. Uh, let's see here. I believe they're second overall in pass uh, protection and fourth in run blocking per pro football focus. Uh, they might have an easier time getting uh, to Derek Carr. Trent Brown, he he missed most of the, the game last week. Uh, he left early with, uh, I believe he had a knee injury. Uh, it's kind of questionable if he's going to play Thursday. So if he doesn't play, that left side of the line is going to be a little bit of an issue for, uh, for, for Derek Carr. And I believe Bosa lines up more on that side of time. So he should be able to have 
easy pickings in theory towards the quarterback. Uh, and Keenan Allen, he should be able to get back on track in this game. He's been under underperforming a little bit. And by a little, I mean a lot for anybody in fantasy football. They'll be banging the table that he's done nothing so far this year. Uh, but he should be able to get back on track against the secondary. Uh, they're the, the third worst. They're pretty much dead last in defending the pass. And the tight end, uh, they're third worst at defending the tight end position. So Hunter Henry should be able to go off. I think it's going to be a good bounce back game for the Chargers. Uh, but the Oakland side, their car's looking more comfortable. Tyrell Williams and, and Waller, they're going to have their work cut out for him against the secondary. But I'm with you. Uh, the the over-under set at 48. Give me the over and give me Oakland at home. Uh, awesome. I just I'm I'm down with the Raiders. I'm about that life. All right, um, we're gonna take a quick break from NFL action. I'm gonna give you the first college football playoff committee selections coming out tonight. The rankings. Oh snap! I'm gonna give it to you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you in the backward orders of number six to one. You ready for this? Yep. The first two teams out of the top four playoffs. Um, number six Georgia, e. right? Um, which is I understand they're outside the top uh, top four. Number five, Clemson really got left out of the top four. And I am thanking the committee for seeing Clemson for the frauds they are. Oh. They are they have been playing like shit and they've been getting a leg up just because of their past win uh, last year in the college football playoffs. So uh, I'm so glad the committee saw them for what they are. Now, number four, you want to take a guess here? If Clemson is out. Penn State got in really? at number four. And that's good on them as well. I'm glad they finally saw that Penn State is a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been they played a harder schedule than Clemson so far, and they're undefeated. They've pl- the ACC is a cakewalk and they've played no uh, Clemson's played nobody. Penn State has played some real teams. Mm-hmm. Number three, Cl- uh, number three is Alabama. Really? Yeah. Two two Oregon? Two is LSU. Really? Yep. They the committee really likes LSU, and that game next week, two versus three, is gonna obviously take one of these uh-huh. guys out. You know what I'm saying? That's the road for Clemson back into the the playoffs is uh, with uh, the LSU Bama cancellation. One of those teams gonna be knocked right. out. Right. And number one, it's gotta be Ohio State. Your boys. Yep. From the Ohio State Buckeyes. That's a fight song. (laughs) No, I'm shocked. I'm shocked at this, though. I am super shocked that the committee picked Ohio State at number one. I thought it was going to be Alabama or LSU at number one just because there's SEC bias. But I am shocked that they took Ohio State at number one. But thank you, committee. I appreciate that. Where'd Oregon fall? People had Oregon beat the top four. Uh, I don't know. Let me get the top ten pulled up here. I just saw the top. uh, So they're at number seven. Oregon is number seven and Utah is number eight, which is fine. The the Pac-12 is a a two-horse race between Oregon and Utah, and there's nobody else out there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I am super stoked right now that Ohio State got the number one fucking nod, man. Boom. Interesting. I'm stoked. All right. Well, quick little... um, what do you call it? Detour from NFL. Segway. Yeah. Um, I will uh, actually, the next two games, uh, they're all on you, good sir, just because I did not pick them. All right. <laughs> I well, did not feel they were worthy to pick. Well, the first but one. First one I up. Listen, Saints are going to win this game. Hashtag, easily, right? hashtag analysis <laughs> from, uh, from the Puma. So one of the, one of the games here, uh, we got the Falcons and the Saints. Uh, you know, huge NFC South matchup here. Uh, the Atlanta side, they made a shakeup in uh, during their bye week. Uh, they they shook up the coaching positions. Dan Quinn still the head coach, 
Uh, but short of everyone else, the, people are getting cross-trained, essentially. The wide receivers coach is now the defensive back coach. The running back coach is now the wide receivers coach, so on and so forth. So from me, from a layman here, looking at those changes, it seems like everybody's getting cross-trained because a big purge of the coaching staff is either imminent or is definitely going to be happening in the offseason if it doesn't happen right now. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Atlanta Falcons players respond to such a change in such a short order uh, short order fashion. Uh, Matt Ryan will hopefully be able to uh, go this week against the Saints. Uh, he missed last week with an ankle issue. Uh, well, the week before they were on a bye week this week. Uh, so if he doesn't miss, if he does miss, you know, they're in good hands with Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub will, uh, will be quarterback one. He actually had a decent day, uh, when he filled in, uh, going into their bye week. So there is still faith, uh, with Matt Schaub, at least, uh, New Orleans is middle of the pack against the pass. Uh, expect Lattimore to be shadowing, uh, Julio Jones. So that would in theory leave, you know, uh, Calvin Ridley, uh, Austin Hooper uh, to get some work underneath and in the intermediate routes here. And, you know, uh, Calvin really can take the top off of defense as well, too. It's not like he's any slouch. So they're going to have to figure out how they uh, design coverage schemes to, to take care of those two guys. On the Saints side, Drew Brees is back. Didn't miss a beat. I said that last week uh, against this compromised defense of the Falcons. He should be able to have a, another day like he did uh, last week. Uh, Kamara should be able to go. They had the bye week to rest and recuperate. Uh, if for some reason Kamara is not able to go, expect Latavius Murray to be in line to for a, a prime spot this weekend. Uh, fantasy wise, he might be one of the top running backs uh, on the board. Definitely a top five play if uh, Alvin Kamara is not able to go. Uh, Atlanta's 14th overall uh, as the offensive line and pass protection. Uh, New Orleans and their front four, led by Cam Jordan, should be able to have a day against this uh, offensive line this week. And we've seen throughout the season so far that you know this offensive line, anchored by a couple of young uh, young characters like uh, Sharping and uh, Caleb Nagari, they've been compromised at times. Uh, the over-under is 51. It's actually one of the highest on the board. Uh, give me the over and give me the Saints at home. I just I don't see... This uh, this lack of depth defense of the Falcons to stop this high octane offense by Drew Brees. That's a, that's a lot of analysis. I'm just gonna boil it down to the Saints are fucking great and the Falcons are fucking trash. It's that simple. Wow. <laughs> it's that simple, people. Wow. Haitian Huda Saints. Hashtag analysis here. <laughs> but if we haven't learned anything through the last three weeks on any given Sunday, who knows what the hell can happen. Uh, and you didn't have the Cardinals Bucks game, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Well, Simply. <laughs> you know what? You say who cares, but at three, five, and one, somehow the Arizona Cardinals are still in the hunt for a playoff spot. Who would have that thought is that? Fucking insane. Who would have thought that? Um, so with that segue, Cardinals Buccaneers. Some people say who gives a shit. I say it actually kind of matters somewhat. I'm so hyped about this Ohio State thing. I'm on Twitter right now, the, bro. Uh, the Arizona side, uh, you know, Kyler Murray. He's come as advertised. And, you know, I, I'm eating some crow right now. I wasn't completely sold on the kid, especially going into the draft, especially with some of the I get not character issues, but I'm not too. I don't have a whole lot of stock in his dad. So, uh, but it's good to see that Kyler Murray's coming as advertised. Uh, you know, if, if it wasn't for some questionable decisions by dancing 
dancing Cliff <laughs> Kingsbury. Uh, they might have been able to beat San Francisco last week. Uh, his arm is something. Uh, his arm's one of the best in the league. Uh, granted, it's a small sample size, but the kid's got incredible arm talent. Some of the arm slot angles, you could definitely see his baseball background and his uh, his mobility. His mobility is as advertised. The, the kid can break off a 20, 20 plus yard run if he wanted to with his eyes closed. It's it's nothing nothing too crazy for this kid. Uh, David Johnson should, and I emphasize should be able to uh, be active for this game against the Buccaneers. If not, Kenyon Drake, the former Dolphin, uh, looked like uh, an instant fit with this offense last week against the 49ers. Uh, he, whoever is toting the rock in the backfield is going to have their work cut out against them, though. Tampa Bay, surprising enough, is first uh, in defending the rush. Uh, but you can counter this. We saw this last week. If you spread the defense out, they spread the San Francisco 49ers out, and they were able to, you know, gash the uh, the defense on the ground at times. So spread them out. You're going to be in good shape. The Tampa Bay side, Winston had a decent day against the 49ers. It was 29-44, 335 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, crucial aspect was zero turnovers. He's going to need, to need to build upon that against the Cardinals defense that has Patrick Peterson back and has been a little bit of a ball hawk in the last two or three games, uh, except he got scorched on Thursday night, but who cares? It's Thursday night football. Um, Ronald Jones looks like he's going to be taking over the lead back position. Uh, he should have an uphill battle a little bit against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals were able to shut down Tevin Coleman on Monday, uh, Thursday night football. Mike Evans uh, will more than likely get the Patrick Peterson treatment. So look for Chris Godwin and Cameron Braid to have a decent day, especially uh, Cameron Braid. From a fantasy football aspect, if Cameron Braid is on waivers and you need a tight end, I would pick Cameron Braid up and stream him this week. The Arizona Cardinals have been trash through nine games so far against the tight end. The tight end position in fantasy is brutal. If Brait's out there, stream this guy. He could be in line for a decent amount of work, especially if O.J. Howard's not able to suit up this week. Uh, the over-under in this game is 52. Give me the over and give me Tampa Bay. I just think we're going to see more of Dancing Cliff get in the team his own way with some of his questionable challenge decisions whether or not he should be taking a timeout at this time i i just think dancing cliff is going to be the the guy that shoots himself and the team in the foot in this game all right not that i'm done having a boner for ohio state let's get back to some nfl news <laughs> look at that I'm going to join the podcast again. Uh, Panthers versus Packers is the next game we're going to pick. The Panthers had some really bad news come out today. And the fact that Cam Noon is on IR. It's bad, but it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise, but it's kind of sad. This is the end, I think, for him in Carolina, truthfully. No doubt. I mean, I think this is the this is the owner kind of saying to him, yeah, it's time we moved on. You know? It's not even that, too. But unless they went out and had a deep playoff run with Cam Newton... Mm -hmm. He was. I think he was going to be gone at the end of the year, yeah. regardless. Interesting. Okay. Well, we'll see how it pans out. Now, the Panthers on Sunday beat the Titans 30-22, uh, which is a nice bounce-back win after they got blown off the field against the 49ers. We want all that smoke. All right. Um, as usual, run CMC, man. God damn. The guy went out for another 166 yards, three touchdowns. The dude is playing himself into the MVP race. Like, he is probably number three after Russell Lamar and run CMC. Like, I can't think of anybody else, right? Like, we'll see what you're up there right now. Oh, you, Lamar had a... Listen, this is no shade against Lamar. He had a great game yeah. 
against the Pats. But, like, if we're going to rank MVP, uh, this is just me. Yeah. It's Russ, Russell. it's Watson, run CMC. Mm, okay, okay. Um, so it, so right now, it's Kyle Allen's uh, job to lose. Um, if he plays well until the end of the year, he can push Cam out the door as well. Like, he, he can be part of the reason why they ask Cam not to come back. Um, on the other side, the Packers. Well, that is not what I expect expected to happen on Sunday. Yeah, Vegas didn't expect that either. Oh, a lot of people God. lost money in that game. Yeah, it was the one. It was like the one. What the fuck game of the day? Like what? Um, they lost to the Chargers twenty six eleven in a home game. On top of that, that's the worst part. Uh, the Chargers punched Green Bay in the mouth by scoring nineteen straight. And somehow, Green Bay didn't punch back, right? Great teams like the Patriots against the Ravens claw their way back into games. They kind of make some adjustments. But Green Bay never really did that. And that gives me a lot of cause to pause, right? Um, a lot of great teams usually have some sort of counterpunch. Uh, Rodgers himself looked uh, had, a bad, had a bad day, just a dead performance, 161 yards. The offense just couldn't get in sync. Lots of pre-snap penalties and protection busts all day. This is a get-right game for the Packers. Um, and I think they come out swinging. And I think it's going to be 34-21 Packers winning over Panthers. Right. Right. All right. Yeah, I'm definitely with you know, the Green Bay side uh, real quick. I think they were just looking ahead. They were looking past the Chargers. Like, oh, the Chargers haven't done anything. They can't get out of their own way. The Chargers are the most on-brand teams for the Miami Dolphins. And finding new ways to lose a friggin' football yeah. game. Uh, but like you said, it's going to be a get-right game. Uh, you know, I think Rogers is going to come back and look to make a statement after being held to like only 161 yards in this game. Um, and I think the rushing attack of the Packers should be able to do damage. Tevin Coleman exposed them last week for like four touchdowns and, you know, a hundred, over a hundred yards rushing was involved in the passing game. I think Aaron Jones out of these two backs of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, uh, AJ is going to have more of a, a bigger day out of the two. And uh, I think I think Jones is going to find the end zone at, at least twice. I think uh, two times. Once in the air, once in the ground. I think Jones is going to be in line for a career day. Uh, the Carolina side, the Green Bay offensive line is 11th in the league uh, overall in pass uh, protection and, and run blocking. And I think the, uh, the Carolina Panthers with this front four with, you know, you got old man, air quote, old man, Gerald McCoy and, you know, Shaq Barrett and a couple other people and Luke Keekley. I think they could generate pressure on this front line. Uh, with that being said, I'm with you. I think it's a get right game for the Green Bay Packers, but I think they're just going to fall short. Uh, the over under in this is 48. Give me the over and give me Carolina. Uh, I think run CMC as always, is going to be the key factor in this. And he should have a good game against the Packers defense that can't stop the run. Okay, cool. Next up, Vikings versus the Cowboys. The Vikings lost to the Mahomes-less Chiefs 26-23. It's also, hey guys, it's a Sunday night football matchup. Get ready to see the Dallas Cowboys mm -hmm. a lot in primetime games mm -hmm. for the next, like, four or five weeks. So. Really? For real? Oh, yeah. Goddamn. If they're not in the 8 o'clock game, they're mm -hmm. the 425 game of the week on Fox. Mm -hmm. The next couple of games. Now, the Vikings offense, man, had a prime, prime chance to make a statement, right? Um, the game was tied 23-all late in the fourth with two minutes left. And the Vikings offense trots out there. And what did they do? They had an incomplete pass, screened for negative seven, and another incomplete pass. Next thing you know, Colquitt shanked a punt, and Kansas City wins in a field goal. 
they was lined up perfectly with Kirk Cousins and the fucking Vikings offense to make a massive fucking statement. And like I said, and I think this was kind of a must win for Kirk Cousins because there was no Patrick Mahomes on the field, right? And it's a one o'clock game. Now, fair or unfair, the narrative is that Cousins can't perform in must win moments. And he didn't on Sunday, simply put. Dallas, they started out slow, but eventually beat a, uh, a really bad Giants team, 37-18. Uh, the deciding factor in the Cowboys' win was poor play by Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones ties the league in turnovers with Jameis Winston, but has two less starts, which is a glaring stat because he's trying to become a turnover machine. So the And in regards to the big three for Dallas, Zeke had 139 yards rushing. Dak had 257 yards and three touchdowns. And Cooper had the 45-yard touchdown to break the game wide open in the fourth quarter. Now, I expected a more dominant performance from Dallas. I expected, just like we're talking about the Bills earlier, they'll have Washington hang around for a long time. I expected the Dallas Cowboys to just kind of you just lay waste to a bad team and a bad quarterback, but they didn't. They let him hang in there for a while. I said it's only yeah on on the box score it says nineteen points is uh, what they won. It was by. a game up until halfway but through the third it quarter. It was it was a game for a while there. Um, now both these teams, the Cowboys and the Vikings, they're so hit and miss. They're so up and down, and this can be kind of a toss up. But I think I'm gonna take the boys at home just because. They're the home team. Right. 35-28. Right. Especially like on the Minnesota side. Thielen's looking like he's going to miss this game. They're two weeks two weeks away from a bye week. The the Vikings are always have been on the more conservative side and and dealing with injuries. Uh Thielen tried to give it a go last week, uh, last Sunday against the, the Kansas City Chiefs. He went into the game with uh with the hamstring issue. After a few plays, he retweaked it. They took him out of the game. Not that it mattered. They the, the the Vikings really couldn't get anything going. the the run The run game was out of sync with the pass game. The pa- uh, play action was somewhat non-existent, uh, and their secondary has been one of the biggest liabilities on this team. Uh, the secondary they they gave up 230 yards uh, through the air against the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think they're going to have their hands full with the you know the Amari Coopers and the the Michael Gallups and the Zeeks and you know the ghost of Randall Cobb coming through and. Uh, even even uh, Jason Witten, the, the the old man, the old man at tight end, was one of the the leading target guys last night on Monday Night Football with uh, with Dak uh, with Dak Prescott. I think against the secondary, they're they're going to have to figure out ways to to stop the pass. And I'm not really convinced they can. I think Xavier Rhodes isn't the Xavier Rhodes of old. So uh, I think they're going to have some success through the air on the Dallas side. Um, Despite the early pick last night, Dak had a decent day at the office, 22 with 35, 257 yards, uh, one touchdown and, uh, you know, an interception that on the first play of the game, they got bailed out by Pat Shermer. Uh, That's a story for another day. Um, Zeke went off in this game uh, last night against the Giants. I think he's going to have more of an uphill challenge this week on the ground, at least against the Minnesota Vikings. The one aspect of that defense uh, that they've been good at is stopping the run some. Um, and this is only going to be Zeke's second career game against the Vikings. And in his first game, uh, as a rookie, uh, he only, he had 20 rushes for 86 yards and a touchdown. I think he's going to get more work. I think he's going to break the, the 100 yard rushing, uh, score, uh, threshold. And I think he can find the end zone at least two times this game as well, too. 
Uh, this Dallas defense, they contained Barkley on Monday Night Football, which I was actually kind of surprised at. Um, they'll have another challenge trying to contain Dalvin Cook. Uh, the Minnesota offensive line is, has been better than the Giants so far. Uh, Minnesota is sixth in run blocking, uh, so the defense will need to step up and try to contain any go, uh, gaps in, in, in running lanes that they generate for Dalvin Cook. Uh, but Michael Bennett, he was a decent pickup. They, he was flying over the field uh, last night, especially in the backfield uh, in his first game as a Dallas Cowboy. Um, the uh, the over-under in this game is 47. Uh, give, me, give me the over and give me Dallas at home. I'm just not convinced that Kirk Cousins is going to be able to step up in a primetime game, the Island game. He hasn't been able to do that throughout his career. And I think that play, that, that problem is going to continue. Uh, so, yeah, give me the over. Cool. Finally, the last game of the week that we're going to pick, Seahawks versus 49ers, the game of the week. And Monday Night Football finally has a good game. And it's a huge NFC uh, West matchup, too. Now, Puma chronicled all the Seahawks defensive issues and just the Seahawks issues in general so in the first segment, so I'll leave that be. Um, and my quick takeaway for the Seahawks this past week was they won an OT versus Tampa Bay, 40-34. And Wilson's making the case for MVP, man. He had five more touchdowns versus Tampa Bay. Um, the offense had to carry the defense with 492 yards, um, but that defense needs to get its shit together. I mean, if they played the way they did against Tampa Bay versus 49ers Monday night, they're going to lose big. Um, on the 49ers side, Jimmy G finally won the game for the 49ers, right? So up until Thursday night versus Arizona, 49ers were winning in spite of Jimmy G, but he came out slinging with 317 yards and four touchdowns and was, you know, and was the stellar star of the game. It finally showed us that the 49ers can, what the 49ers can be if Jimmy G played like the next Tom Brady, as a lot of people thought he was going to be. Um, now, this will need to be a, uh, I think it's a must win for the 49ers because as of right now, they're not getting the respect they should for being undefeated. If you see a lot of power rankings, they don't have the 49ers one. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, they have them about two, three. There's a lot of disrespect going around with the 49ers and a lot of people aren't buying, buying into them just yet. And if they lose on Monday night, everyone's like, well, I told you they're not for real. So it's important for the 49ers to come out and have a good showing and win this game. So to be legit, to be an actual contender, to be number one top dog, you got to beat the Seahawks. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Seahawks are going to beat them 24-20. All right, all right. Uh, real quick, just on the Seattle side, they, if they're going to win, short of the defense you know, becoming the 85 Bears overnight, they're going to need to spread this, this 49ers defense out. They, they were exposed. When you spread the defense out, they're going to need to do that. Chris Carson needs to hold on to the freaking football. He had a fumble last week. Did really? Oh yeah. Oh, shit. He he needs to. I don't know what it is. He he hasn't even fumbled. I think throughout his entire college career, he only had like two fumbles. His rookie year, he only had two fumbles, and now I think he's put the ball on the ground like ten times. Uh, he he needs to hold on to the football in this game. Uh, on the San Francisco side, the run game should be able to get back on track in this. Like I said in the last uh, couple of segments, uh, Tevin Coleman he got held in check. Uh, and Matt Breida was actually able to get most of the work by bouncing it outside with some pitches because Coleman shouldn't be Coleman wasn't able to get any uh, any run going. Uh, should be able to get right in this game. Uh, you know, it's no secret the Seattle defense is trash. Uh, and Kyle Yushek may be able to come back. The the crucial part in this run game, the fullback, he should be able to come back. He's missed the last 
it, by this game, it'll be four weeks with a uh, with an MCL sprain. The if he's able to come back, that's on the low end of you know when he should be able to return. If he doesn't play in this game, he'll probably be out another two weeks. I would expect him to be back. Uh, the front four again for the 49ers, they, they are in line to have a good day. Uh, the Seattle offensive line is 17th in pass protection. And this is probably the best front four that the Seattle Seahawks have faced all year. Uh, I'm going to go with the chalk. Give me give me uh, San Francisco at home. Vegas is setting the over-under at 46.5. Uh, give me the over as well, but I think uh, the, the 49ers improved to to nine and zero uh, in this contest on Monday Night Football. All right, all right, cool, cool. Well, that wraps up our pick segment of the podcast. Anything else you want to get to, good sir? Yeah, we got actually one mailbag question. Who's uh, it from? It's from our boy uh, Hercules twenty four twenty four. Oh, you know what this means? Old faithful. Oh, you know what that means? <gasps> Freddie Soliotis. Freddy the OG. So, Freddy's question, all the way from should, 603. We should call Freddy the OG. Freddy OJ. Freddy OJ. Uh, his question, uh, like I said, all the way from the 603, uh, there was news today that the, last night rather, that the Chargers may move to London. Yeah, okay. And his question was, what do you think of the Chargers considering moving to London is now the time to put a team across the pond? I think yes. Because the Chargers, L.A. doesn't want them, right? L.A. does not want the Chargers. And there's stories that have come out that have chronicled just how bad the Chargers are doing in L.A. Um, they can't seem to, well, first of all, they have a 30,000 uh, 30, fan stadium that they can't even sell out. It's usually a fucking away game for them every single fucking time they set, uh, stay foot into the stadium. On top of that, you hear stories about how uh, they're doing horrible financially, right? Um, they were supposed to raise $400 million as rent for the new stadium with the, with the Rams. And they've only had $100 million raised so far. They're $300 million in the hole. Yeah. L.A. does not want the Chargers. If I was Dean Spanos, is that his name? Yep. I would move the team to London right now. Do it fucking immediately. They have a they have a decent quarterback for maybe another year or two, right? Uh, they might they have a good team on defense. They can put together some wins. Fucking move to London, man. Give give the fans out there some uh, some hype with a good team, you know? Right, right. It, and, and and the reason why I say you move is not because I think London deserves a team or it's time now. It's simply for the fact that LA does not want the Chargers and they can't go back to San Diego. Right. Where the fuck are they going to go? Well, see, that's the thing, though, is, you know, there was a re this was reported by The Athletic, and today, not only did Spanos have a fire and brimstone response, like expletive-laden, you know, we're not, this is effing bullshit, all this other stuff, uh, but even this morning, you know, one of the head guys in, on the on the committee and whether or not a team gets, an, you know, a city gets an expansion team or if a team's able to move, uh, and, and Jared Jones... Jerry, he came out, you know, he had a big win last night. He came out in the press conference and said, it's absolute malarkey. The Chargers aren't moving anywhere. We want a team in the L.A. market. They're going to be a big part of the of the L.A. sports fandom with the Los Angeles Rams. We, we got faith in the Chargers being able to have a fan base out in the City of Angels. Now, with that being said, 
Art Modell, you could go through the annals of time. You could look at, you know, Jim Ursay saying, I'm not moving the goddamn team from Baltimore. And then in the middle of the night, you got Mayflower trucks moving, you know, from Baltimore to Indianapolis. And they got to go into separate routes so the Maryland State Police can't get them at the border because the governor was ready to declare eminent domain on the Baltimore Colts, uh, Colts franchise. And then you could look at Art Modell saying, I'm not going to move the team from Cleveland. And then he moves the team anyways to Baltimore and they become the Baltimore Ravens. So I'll believe it when I see it. I do think a team's going to London. I don't think it's going to be the Chargers. If the Chargers move, I think the NFL is going to flex their muscles a little bit and have San Diego pony up the cash to build this team a new stadium. Because if they had a new stadium deal and they weren't playing an old-ass Qualcomm stadium, they would still be the San Diego Super Chargers and you know, Baby Factory, Bolo Man, Phillip Rivers wouldn't have to drive you know three hours each way a day to, from San Diego to L.A. to get ready for practices and games. Uh, if any team is going to be moving across the pond, it's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you know, the, the Khan, he's he's made his <laughs> he's made it well known that he doesn't have an issue with you know trying to move across the pond and generate revenue over there in London, and he's trying to get a stadium built in downtown. And I just think that this these overseas game in London is just leverage to hold the city of Jacksonville hostage to get a if he doesn't get a stadium downtown, he's going to move the team across the pond. So I don't think the Chargers are going anywhere. If anyone's going across the pond, it's Jacksonville. Qualcomm Stadium, you know what year was built? Uh, probably before the Buffalo Bills stadium. 1967. Yeah. 51 years. Yeah. Jesus and Christ. And the people wonder why the Chargers left. Yeah. Which is insane because Philip Rivers might as well be like the, the air quote first son of that of that city. He was banging the table trying to get the votes to get a new stadium and they shot it down. But then when they move across town, they, they get all upset about it. It's like, show up at the fucking voting polls, man. But I do think the Chargers go back to San Diego sooner than later. Okay. All right. Cool, cool. All right. Well, that about wraps it up. Another great episode, as always, sir. What would you like to uh, – you want to plug it up? You want to yeah, we'll plug it up real that? quick. Get out of here. Now, We're not. I get the recording schedule right. Yes. We are off next week. Yes. We're off. You're, you're boondoggling down in Florida. Yeah, Miami. It's not, not boondoggling. He's actually working. Always got <laughs> I guess I'm working, working to an I'm extent, fucking working. Too. Uh, but out of the two of us, he's going to be doing more work than myself. Dude, I told you about my schedule on Thursday, right? Your schedule's insane. I heard about your schedule in the car. <laughs> oh, my God. God bless you. Jesus Christ. You know, planes, trains, and automobiles, wheeling and dealing. I, I think I'm packing in like four, eight, like like, like 14 meetings in the span of like four days. Yeah. God bless you. So while you're working in, in Florida, I'll be kind of boondoggling a little bit down in the Caribbean. Uh, getting a, this, you know, the tour of you know the the operations from my workplace. Uh, so, That's a fun time down there. Eh, Who are you heading down there with? Uh, Kelly in the office. We're going to be going down there, spend a couple of days down there, and see the folks in San Juan and St. Bart's and how everything you know works down there. Um, so we're going to be off. I'm going to try to do a quick IG video of my picks and my you know fantasy Friday. Keep that coming for you guys, but. Don't expect an episode for week 11 uh, on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play. We're taking next week off just because we got to pay the bills around here. But with that being said, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. 
And you can find this episode, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, like, subscribe, download, share with your friends, tell your mom, tell your grandma, tell your dad, tell your sister, tell everybody in the neighborhood to check this podcast out. And if you have any mailbag questions or any suggestions, hit us up on social media. Hercules2424 has been exercising his podcasting right to give us feedback and give us suggestions and give us mailbag questions to answer for you guys out here. This is your podcast. We want to tailor towards you guys. We care about the core fans, the OGs like Freddie and Sarah O and company like that. And our boy Joe Russolillo, who's running away with the PFR Fantasy Football League, the little bastard. But that's all I got for plugging it up. What do you got, Jay? I, I saw a tweet that just made me chuckle. Um, now, listen, on this show, we don't talk much about politics at all. Oh, God. Right? This is an excellent plug. Walk out of the stage. And we're, <laughs> we're fucking pausing the bus to look up a tweet. No, I think it's fucking hilarious. Cause, so, listen, Molly Knight, right? Um, she tweeted that last night Trump held a, ra- held a rally for Governor Matt Bevin in Kentucky, uh, who's a Republican, right? Um, and he said... If you lose, it sends a really bad message. You can't let that happen to you to the crowd. And they fucking lost. Democrats, a Democrat's the governor of Kentucky now. Oh, God. Even Kentucky. T- <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just happy that I plugged the shit out of that. If we can take this All right. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, <laughs> for listening. As always, we love you guys. We will be off next week. <laughs> yeah, see you in two weeks. Bye. Goddamn.